0: Hey everybody, this is Steve Hutto with Harvest Celebration Ministries. Thank you for logging on and checking out my podcast today. I want to teach on uh, the prayer of faith. We'll just call it the prayer of faith. Something that's very necessary for every believer. And the prayer of faith is something that changes things. The prayer of faith as we'll see, is a prayer with substance to it. (laughs) In order to have a prayer with substance to it, you have to pray the Word of God. And in your prayer, you have to confess the Word of God. So, you know, just to pray, Lord, help me, or Lord, bless me, amen, is not really a prayer. It has no substance to it, and you really can't expect a prayer with no substance to change anything. So, you know, we use the term prayer, and there are a lot of categories of prayer, but really, the prayer of faith is the prayer that works. And again, I'm going to say it, that is that the prayer of faith is a prayer that has substance to it. It's like a weapon that's loaded. <laughs> you can have a weapon, you can have an arsenal of guns, if they're not loaded they can not make an impact. But if you load them up, then they make an impact. A prayer with substance is a prayer that's loaded. And it, when it's launched, when it's fired, so to speak, then things change in your life and in the life of people around you. Circumstances change. We're going to be looking at 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Truthfully, I preach on this a lot because it's such a powerful message and subject and topic. It's a powerful event that took place in 2nd Chronicles chapter 20. But every time I preach or teach on this, God always does something different. So we're going to start in 2nd Chron- Chronicles chapter 20 verse 1. Now, before I do that, let me just say just give you a little groundwork here. This is Judah when it was divided, when Israel was divided into two nations, Israel and Judah. This is the nation of Judah. Uh, Israel had um, kings, their own kings. Judah had their own kings. Israel's kings, for the most part, were, were evil. And Judah had some good kings and some evil kings. And this is King Jehoshaphat. You know, you might have heard the term, Jumping Jehoshaphat, that literally comes from the Bible, and we'll see why Jehoshaphat was a-jumping in just a few minutes. But Jehoshaphat was a godly king, and for the most part, he obeyed God. You know, not all of them did, but for the most part, Jehoshaphat did. So, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 1. Now, it came about after this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with some of the Meunites, Came together to make war against Jehoshaphat, so you have an alliance formed against Judah and Jehoshaphat, and they were about to attack them. Verse two. Then came, <clears throat> excuse me. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, "A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aram, and behold, they're in Hazazon Tamar, that is in Gedi." And verse 3, Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together, this is verse 4, to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Let's talk about these first four verses. Jehoshaphat had an alliance of nations opposing him. They were about to attack and really overrun them. And someone came to Jehoshaphat and told them what was about to happen. Now, this was not good news. It was bad news. Because if they succeeded, then Judah would be overrun and annihilated. They would be no more. So the scripture tells us, and in, in the, the verse number 3 tells us, that Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord. Let me talk about that for just a moment or two. Jehoshaphat got the news, and the first thing he was tempted to do was to be, get, or to, to be bound up in fear. You know, many times, the enemy comes against us, and he comes in like a flood. And he he takes us by surprise and we have one of two things we can do. We can fear and then let that fear control us. We can become bound up in that fear. Or we can turn our attention to seek God over the situation. And this is what Jehoshaphat did. You know, nobody's denying that he feared because fear, if you know God and fear tries to come upon you, you know that you need to turn to God. Because God is your deliverer and my deliverer. He's the God who protects us. He fights our battles for us. So a lot of times things happen or you get news that's not good and you want to fear or you want to give up. But I've learned from Jehoshaphat here that the only thing we can really do that makes an impact or changes the situation is turn our attention to seek the lord many times the bad news or the bad report or the bad development is nothing more than a smoke screen to keep you from turning your attention to god as a matter of fact it's designed to keep your attention off of god because the enemy that opposes you and me knows that when we turn our attention to seek god stuff begins to happen in our favor and this is exactly what happened with Jehoshaphat. Verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? Now here we go with the prayer of faith. I want you to notice here that as Jehoshaphat prays, he begins to remind God of what he's already said. He begins to hold the promises that God has already made up to God, not because God needs to be reminded, but because He's praying in faith. That's how you pray the Word. And He says, He says, O Lord, the God of our fathers, are You not God in the heavens? Are You not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in Your hand so that no one can stand against You. See, this is the prayer of faith. Father, are you not the king of all the nations? Did you not create everything? Is not everything in your hands? This is the prayer of faith. And for you and me, we pray the word of God. And of course, this is the word of God. Verse 7 Did you not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? See, Are we not here, God? Yes, I know we're a divided nation, and I know we've had some problems, but did you not make it so for us to come out of Egypt miraculously and be here today? Did you not drive out all the inhabitants before us as we came out of Egypt? The answer to that is yes. They're building their faith. They have lived in it and have built you a sanctuary, talking about His people, for your name saying, should evil... Come upon us the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine. Will we not, or excuse me, we will stand before this house and before you. For your name is in this house and we will cry to you in our distress and you will hear us and deliver us. Now they're not telling God what He's going to do. They're saying what God's already said. (laughs) You know, for healing... You could say, Father, does not your word say, by his stripes we are healed? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Isn't that what your word says, Father? Or you can just simply say, Father, this is what your word says. By his stripes we are healed. You're praying, and you're praying the word of God, and you're praying a prayer that has substance to it, and it's making an impact. Verse 10, Now behold, the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you did not let Israel invade when they came out of Egypt, they turned aside from them and did not destroy them. See how they're rewarding us by coming to drive us out from your possession, which you've given us as an inheritance. Way back when Israel came out of Egypt, they wanted to destroy these people because they opposed them. And God said, no, they're not going to let you pass through, so you go around them. Don't, don't wipe them out. And they're saying, well, now look, years later, how they're repaying us. They're coming to destroy us. And then in verse twelve, 12, oh, O our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Now, this is the essence. This is the crux, if you will, of the the prayer of faith. The prayer that's prayed with substance. The prayer that makes impact. So many times we find ourselves powerless with what's coming against us or with what we're struggling with, and in this case, before a great multitude. And he says, nor do we know what to do. Have you ever been there? I have. There have been plenty of situations where I was completely powerless, and I knew it, and I didn't even know what to do. But you know what? Like Jehoshaphat, my eyes were upon him. And whatever you're going through right now, my friend, yes, you're powerless. Yes, you don't know what to do. You're in the right place. Just put your eyes on him. Just like Jehoshaphat did, instead of fearing, instead of being depressed and worried, Turn your attention to seek the Lord. And listen, my friend, don't stop seeking Him till you get a breakthrough. Don't stop seeking Him. Don't measure it on how many hours you pray, how intense you pray, or how many days you pray. Just keep on praying till you get a breakthrough. Either you're going to get a breakthrough in the Spirit, which will eventually manifest in the natural, and you will know it. You'll know it by the Spirit. Or you'll get a breakthrough in the Spirit and the natural all at once. It's like with our country right now. There's a battle going on in the heavenlies between good and evil to determine the destiny of our nation. It's a battle going on and never before have I been prompted to pray for my country, the United States of America, and never before has the church been prompted to pray like before, and never before has God begun to raise up people in our nation and around the world to pray for the United States of America than right now. You know why? Because of the battle going on. There's a lot of things you can hear going on in the world between different nations. There's a lot of things that are going on worldwide that would make us want to fear. But instead of fearing, what we do is we turn our attention to seeking the Lord just like Jehoshaphat. So here he is, powerless, nor do they know what to do, but, he said, we're looking to you, Father. We're here. I'm here, Father. I'm here on my knees before you this morning, before the sun comes up, because I don't know what to do, and I'm powerless, but listen, my eyes are going to be on you. My eyes are not going to be on the circumstances any longer. My eyes are on you. Isn't that powerful? That's extremely powerful, Back to Judah and Jehoshaphat in verse 13. All Judah was standing before the Lord with their inhabitants, their wives, and their children. Then in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of, uh, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, the Levite of the sons, and so forth and so on. And anyway, this is what Jehaziel the prophet says by the Spirit of the Lord. Now get this: They've come together. They prayed the prayer of faith. I'm sorry, and they're they're listening. They're waiting on God. Their eyes are on Him, and the prophet says by the Spirit of God in verse 15: Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you: Don't fear. What's the first thing that he was tempted to do? He was tempted to fear. Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours but God's. So the first thing that he addresses is fear. He even takes it a step further and he he, uh, addresses dismay. You know, fear is one thing. Dismay takes it another step down the road to destruction. Dismay is when you kind of get crazy. You kind of get hysterical. Do not fear or be dismayed, God says. And He says this, For the battle is not yours, but God's. Now, why could God tell them, The battle is not yours, but God's? I'll tell you why. I'm glad you asked. Because they prayed the prayer of faith. Because they prayed the Word of God. Because when you pray the Word of God, the Scripture says that even angels hearken to the voice of the Word of God to perform the Word of God. And when it comes out of your mouth and my mouth, just like it originally came out of God's mouth, angels, that's one reason, get in that man, they're charged and they begin making sure that the Word comes to pass. But as they prayed the prayer of faith, God had to move. And when God moves in your behalf because you pray the prayer of faith, you know what? You didn't fight, God did. So he goes on to say this. Tomorrow, this is verse 16, go down against them or come up and you will find them on the end of the valley in the front of the wilderness of Jeruel. Verse 7, this is key, 17. You need not fight this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Jerusalem and Judea, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. So he says, you don't have to fight this battle, but I do want you to go out. I do want you to face them as if you're going to fight them and take your stance, draw up in battle array, take your, your, your battle stance as if you were going to fight, but I'm going to fight it for you. And while you're stationed and while you're standing, the Lord says... I'm going to wipe out your enemies before your face. Just like that. Verse 18. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping Him. The Levites from the sons of the Kohathites and of the sons of the Korahites stood up to praise the God of Israel with a very loud voice. So you had Jehoshaphat and most of Israel, or most of, uh, excuse me, Judah and Jerusalem on their faces before God, but the Levites, those that God had appointed to conduct the worship, they stood up and they were praising God with a very loud voice. Man, there was praise and worship going on, and there was worship and adoration as they laid on their faces. That was incredible. And so, in verse number 20, it says, "...they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and you'll be established. Put your trust in His prophets and succeed." And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire. And as they went out before the army, they said, give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. You know, loving kindness in, the, in a New Testament sense is grace, is <laughs> grace. They didn't deserve to win. They didn't, have to win. they didn't have to fight to win. But God decided for them they were worthy to win and he fought the battle for them. Now, as they were going out to face the enemy, there was a consensus, a general consensus that they, since they weren't going to have to fight the battle, they'd already celebrated the night before, we're going to continue this celebration as we go out. So they put the worshipers and the dancers and the singers out in front of the army and went out celebrating the victory. Now, is that a prayer of faith or what? There needs to come a point in your prayers where you celebrate the victory because you know in your heart that God has given you the victory. How do you know that? Well, number one, the Word says you have the victory. Number two, you'll, you will sense it in your spirit. And number three, you will see the breakthrough in the natural eventually as you are consistent in your prayers. And so there needs to be time in your worship and praise, especially for we who are on this side of the cross that are born again and filled with the Spirit of God, when we just simply worship God. My goodness, I'm about to get excited. And we praise Him yes for who he is and for what he's done but for what he's about to do man i got some things i'm dreaming about in my life right now things that i'm believing for that god i know placed in my heart and they haven't quite yet manifested but i get so excited because i know they're about to manifest and i just go ahead and i celebrate i hope you don't mind if i if i if i quit teaching for a little bit and just do a little preaching here because i'm telling you This is the prayer of faith that Jehoshaphat and all of Judah together prayed the prayer of faith as they they returned back to God the words He had already spoken. And He moved in their behalf and He gave them an answer. He spoke to them again. He gave them an answer that they didn't have to fight the battle, that He would fight it for them. And they got so excited, they worshipped. And they praised all the way out there to where God said to take a stand. And they did. Let's pick it up in 21 when he had consulted with the people and he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised Him in holy attire as they went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord for His loving kindness is everlasting. Verse 22, And when they began singing and praising, uh, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. So they were routed, for the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished the inhabitants of Seir, excuse me, when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Can you imagine that? You got three enemies allianced against you, and they end up destroying each other. <laughs> And verse 24, when Judah came to the lookout of the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude and behold, there were corpses lying on the ground and no one had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found much among them, including goods, garments, and valuable things, which they took for themselves, more than they could carry. And they were three days taking the spoil because there was so much the result of the prayer of faith. Remember, the prayer of faith has substance to it. The substance is the Word of God. And you it's the prayer of faith because you're praying for something you don't see. You're praying for an answer, for results you don't have yet. But you pray anyway because you know God's going to do it because He said He would. And again, that substance is the Word of God. And the result is God ends up fighting the battle for us. God provides where we can't provide. God breaks through in areas where we, we're not capable of breaking through. Because we didn't give in to fear. We didn't give in to worry and anxiety. We didn't give in to doubt. We didn't give in to negative reports. But we kept praying the prayer of faith. And when we were powerless, and when we didn't know what to do, we kept on looking to Jesus because our eyes were on Him as we prayed the prayer of faith. And there will come a time in your prayer of faith... It may not be the first day you pray. It may not be the first minute you pray. It may be several days into your commitment to pray to the Lord, but there will come a time when the Spirit of God will come upon you and will tell you the breakthrough is yours. There will, maybe even before that, there will be times when the Spirit of God will encourage you so that you will keep on going. But remember, it's already written in the Word. You're praying the Word of God. It's already been said. And so if you keep praying the prayer of faith, and you keep your eyes on Jesus, the prayer of faith will bring forth to reality what you're believing God for. I think that is so exciting. So you take some time, if you will, read in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Study this incident with Jehoshaphat. It's such, it's so important. It's such an effective lesson that we can learn Uh. To build our stamina in Jesus. To stick with it. To stay the course. But remember, you've got to pray the Word of God. You've got to get to the point to where you know you're helpless and you don't know what to do. But you keep praying. You keep praying. I, I believe that there's someone listening to this and you're battling with a sickness or you know someone maybe in your family, a close friend is battling with, uh, with a sickness, does, just seems to keep hanging on, you keep praying the prayer of faith. You study the Scripture on what it says. There are hundreds of Scriptures throughout the Bible that tell us that we are healed by the stripes of Jesus, that through the atonement. You see, when sin came into the, to the world, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, we know sin came in. And the Scripture tells us, Romans, uh, Paul tells us in the book of Romans, that when sin came in, death came. Death came. They didn't live forever. They couldn't eat from the tree of life anymore because they were expelled from the Garden of Eden. So that when sin came in, death came with it. But you know what comes along with death? Sickness, disease, pain, suffering, and of course the mortality, the body that we live in now. And so when Adam and Eve sinned, And sickness and death and disease came in. Jesus came 2,000 years ago, and when He took upon Himself all the sins of the world, it also included the sin, the sickness, the disease, the death, and all that, because He died to sin, He broke the power of sin, and then He conquered death when He came up out of the grave. So it's already been dealt with, so by His stripes... If you're battling that that sickness, even a terminal sickness, you are healed in Jesus' name. I want to thank you for logging on and listening to my podcast. You have a wonderful day. God bless you.